This is Active Lehigh Valley on 88.1 WDIY, Lehigh Valley Public Radio. Good evening and welcome to Active Lehigh Valley, a program made possible with the generous support of the St. Luke's University Health Network. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. This evening, we're back on the path of being active in the Lehigh Valley. And I would like to welcome our guest, John Graham. Pleasure, Greg. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, John has a book that's just come out, and I will uh, talk about the book in depth. But uh, there's a picture of John on the front of the book. And I told John, who's a a person in very good health, I said, I've never looked like that. And I've tried to, John, but uh, never been able to attain that bill that you've got. Thanks, Craig, but your fitness level is very good as well, and uh, (laughs) Well, you certainly certainly represent the industry. Thank you, sir. Mr. Graham has served as an adjunct professor at multiple colleges and universities, was recently elected to the Nominations Committee of the National Strength and Conditioning Association to help nominate the future leaders of the organization. Mr. Graham is also the Senior Network Administrator for Fitness and Sports Performance at St. Luke's University Health Network. John, with our program this evening, I'd like you to think about our local population, our healthful assets that are available to us in the Lehigh Valley, and how each of us can think about ourselves and maybe make ourselves healthier. Sound good? Sounds awesome. (laughs) All right. John, you've got a new book available entitled Metabolic Training. The Ultimate Guide to the Ultimate Workout. So let me start with this. Does a, does a person's geography or where they live have something to do with how they might work out? Or, or are people in the Lehigh Valley different in a certain way? Or are we all the same? I think we're all the same. I think the most important part is making sure that there's resources available to the population so that they can get the maximum benefits out of workouts. Obviously, a lot of people will tell you that if you live in the South, there's a lot more accessibility to doing outdoor activities than there is in the Northeast. That being said, I think with our Tail on the Trail program at St. Luke's and the ability to get out and do activities in the community, even in the winter months, we've found that there are things we can be doing. Uh, One of the things that we've done at St. Luke's is we've built our Tail on the Trail program with Blue Mountain now. So we actually have an affiliation with Blue Mountain to offer Tail on the Trail activities in the winter months up Blue Mountain. So I think it's really important that people understand that you can exercise both inside and outside throughout the year, whether it be the Lehigh Valley or anywhere else in this country. But the most important thing is to make sure that you're doing physical activity at least five days a week for 30 to 60 minutes per day. Explain Tail on the Trail. Tail on the Trail is a program uh, developed by St. Luke's, part of a relationship that we have. And Tail on the Trail really has enabled our community to get engaged in participating in physical activity by going out and exercising on the 165 miles of trails that DNL provides, but also other activities outside of the trail. So in other words, being able to go to places like Blue Mountain, being able to exercise at home, being able to do things in the gym. We want to make sure that people get out and use the trails because they're wonderful and they're a great place to go. Um, But we also want to make sure that people know that, hey, if for some reason you can't get on the trail that day, doesn't mean you can't go out and exercise. And there's ways to get a a program in irregardless of where you're going. So getting out and exercising, I was just talking to my son 
and he just got done with a, a bike a peloton right ride and he said boy i really had a rough time doing it today he said i really didn't want to do it can you talk about the psychology of getting into a habit of exercising and making yourself how long does it take to build that uh habit well the basic guideline that everybody says is that if you can stay consistent for three months you've kind of developed yourself into a pattern of becoming an exerciser so the goal is obviously to get people started for at least a three-month period of time and then try to continue them through that process the most important thing is finding times of the day that are most convenient for your schedule to be able to do exercise and a lot of people come to us and say I can't find 60 minutes to go to a gym or I can't find an hour and a half to get to and from the gym. So what do I do? Uh, we've really focused on at St. Luke's providing them with resources, whether it be through our virtual program or through different facility programs on how they can be in the gym for 30 minutes and get a quality workout. And that's kind of where metabolic training came from was we were really looking to find the most effective workout plans for our clients to be able to utilize, but also our community as a whole. Let's talk about metabolic training. What is it? Metabolic training is a combination of resistance training combined with cardiovascular training, combined with muscle endurance and strength development all together. And the benefit of doing it that way is you're burning more calories per unit of time and your metabolism stays elevated post-exercise for a more prolonged period of time. The other benefit, which a lot of people are most focused on, is it's really the best way of burning fat and increasing lean body mass through exercise. So the goal is to keep your metabolism active through this method? Absolutely. So the the be biggest benefit I'll tell you about metabolic training sure. is, is a couple of things. Um, number one, it's sustained exercise. So you're doing it for 30 to 60 minutes, depending on your level that you're starting at. Uh, the other benefit is it's really hard to get distracted while you're doing metabolic training because you're literally moving from one exercise to another with minimal rest periods between. So the number one thing we see in our classes and our group activities when we're doing metabolic training is nobody has their cell phone up because there's really no time to look at your cell phone or to even pay attention to any distractions that you might have in your life. So it really gives people that opportunity to be stay focused on an exercise workout that's really going to benefit them most effectively, but not allow for distractions while they're doing it. I'm not in your league, obviously, <laughs> people who know me, but... I do find that when I am running or working out, that it is some that the more difficult it becomes with uh, the amount of time I spend doing it, the more it almost becomes like meditation because I can't think about anything else other than trying to get through this event. Can you talk about the deep psychological benefits to just letting your mind concentrate on? the activity that you're engaged in. And, and you're talking about also you know, putting the phone down. Right. So the number one thing that we look at with exercise and the way we try to do it at St. Luke's is we really focus on five basic concepts with our programs. We focus on the physical activity, which is the exercise component. But then we also combine it with how do we balance it with nutrition? How do we teach people how to eat most appropriately? Not necessarily teaching them just to eat a very strict diet all the time, but how do we teach them to live a healthier lifestyle where maybe 80% of their calories come from quality resources and maybe 20% can be that little benefit that you have where you occasionally get some extra food that you maybe shouldn't be eating, but because you're an exerciser, you get that opportunity. And then we also balance that out with stress management. So going to your point, Craig, one of the biggest things that you find with exercise, as you well know, as a runner yourself, 
as you get out there and you kind of forget about the stresses that are in your life at those moments that you're out there on a trail and you're running by a deer. You and I were talking about how Absolutely, close we can get to yeah. a deer on the trails out <laughs> right. here. Um, one of the biggest benefits of the DNL trails is you get really close to animals. So that's a benefit. And then that rest recovery that comes with exercise. Most people have a hard time getting quality sleep nowadays because of all the distractions. So what I what we find with exercise is that people who exercise more regularly sleep better and have a better quality sleep. They don't just sleep longer or for better durations. More importantly, they sleep with a better quality of sleep. So the hours that they are sleeping, they're sleeping better and more soundly. And then last but not least, the work-life balance component of it. What we find is that with exercise, particularly if you get your family involved, as you and I were talking about your son, it's great because you can get out and do some of these activities together as a family. Uh, we were talking about you know how families can do these exercises together. I've actually had metabolic classes where I've had three generations of family members all participating together, a grandmother, a son and his two children. Um, and we post that on our Facebook page on a regular basis because we just think it's great that we can have three generations all exercising together in the same workout. So when you put the book together, when you wrote the book, what was your first goal? What caused you to say, okay, I need to write this book. I need to show people to do what? I think the most important thing was to show people that there's an easy way to get quality workouts without having to go out and buy a lot of extraneous equipment, number one. Number two, you can do it in the comforts of your own home if you have two gallon jugs that you fill with water. And number three, most importantly, that the ability to do this, you can do it anywhere. You don't need to be in a gym necessarily. I mean, we have five fantastic fitness centers here in the St. Luke's University Health Network. But if you're not at the gym, you can be doing this at home. You can do it in the office. You and I could be doing it right here, right now with a couple of dumbbells in our hands or go out and fill our gallon jugs up and come in here and do a workout and get a full-fledged workout. And what really pushed this to the level that it's gone to now is when COVID hit. People couldn't get to gyms anymore because the gyms were closed. And everybody said, what do we do? We're stuck. You know, how are we going to be able to do this? St. Luke's really stepped up and found the way to get people to do that by offering two resources. A, we really pushed the tail on the trail program, got people out, got people exercising, got them talking to other people, out exercising, enjoying time. But then we also said, okay, so now you have to do the strength training component. How are you going to do that if you can't get to a gym and you don't want to go out and buy all kinds of equipment? And to be honest with you, manufacturers of fitness equipment ran out of equipment very quickly because everybody's buying it. So they benefited probably a lot from COVID. But once that started happening, people said, I don't know where I'm going to get my equipment. What do I do? And that's where metabolic training came in because we wanted to teach people how to do it if you didn't have a lot of equipment available. You see a lot of people walking in the malls here, don't you? Yes, you do. Um, and you could apply some of these metabolic training methods to people who are actually exercising in the malls here because we've got, uh, hey, it's warm in there at least. Right. Absolutely. Or air conditioned when it's really hot. My 87-year-old mom does that on a regular basis. And, you know, we tell her she'll walk down a corridor in a, in a mall and I'll say, okay, mom, when you get to the end, you know, do 15 squats on the chair, you know, so that you're strengthening your quadriceps, your glutes, your hamstrings, your legs, and your lower body. And then when you get to the railing, you know, do 15 calf raises as an example. So always trying to give that ability to strengthen muscles no matter what your age, no matter what your level of fitness. Walking by itself can be a great activity, but you need to combine that with the strength training as well. So you could be active in the Lehigh Valley at one of our local malls and still adhere to the principles of your book. Absolutely. So 
take me on the trail. Let's uh, pretend that we're walking out on the trail and uh, we have to warm up first, don't we? Absolutely. How do so, we do that? So what do we do? And I think this is all in your book, isn't it? But let's, uh, yes, let's, it is. Give them a taste of what's going on. Um, well, a lot of times people think that they have to stretch prior to doing a running workout or a walking workout. And stretching really is more of the fitness activity you want to do towards the end of the workout. So when we go out to necessarily start, we might do things like squats, toe raises, lunges, uh, activities where there's dynamic movement associated with the warm-up. Not higher intensity warm-ups, but lower intensity warm-ups where you're doing movement in, a, in addition to it. Doing arm circles, making sure your upper body's loose as well, because a lot of times people find they get scapular pain from a lot of walking or a lot of running. So we want to make sure we're getting those scapular muscles loose prior to starting. So doing arm circles, both big arm circles, little arm circles, moving your neck, uh, shrugging your shoulders, rotating your shoulders, all important things making sure you're rotating your torso so that you're getting all those muscles loose and ready to go and ready for the physical activity you're about to put them through. How do you know when you've warmed up enough to go to the next step? Well, we always tell people to do it for five to 10 minutes because in that way they can set their watch, know in five or 10 minutes that they're pretty much accomplished their goal of getting loose. Um, but a lot of times I just tell people, hey, if you feel a light sweat coming on, you're probably warmed up and ready to go because your body core temperature has been elevated. Otherwise, you wouldn't have that light sweat coming. Good to know. So I'm on the trail with you. We're on the DNL trail. And uh, what's next after the warm-up? What, what, and let's say I'm a novice. What, what are you going to tell me to do or what am I going to follow you to do? So if somebody hasn't actually been involved in a running program per se, the number one thing that we teach people to do is start out with a combination of walking and running together. So we'll try to start it with them on minute time blocks. So we'll say, let's start out with 40 seconds of walking and we'll try and do 20 seconds of light jogging. If that's still too strenuous, we might go 50 and 10 as an example. And then the goal is over time, as we continue to have you exercise and doing those activities, we start to build up the amount of time you're running versus the amount of time you're walking. So we're taking those one minute blocks, we go from a 40-20 down to a 30-30 down to a 2040 and then ultimately a 1050 and then all of a sudden before you know it you're running a 5k race and you're having fun doing 3.1 miles on the trail and talk about the so, so you're you're doing the interval running walking how about the strength piece of this what's how, how do you incorporate that so the strength piece, we advocate for two to three times a week minimum. Um, actually, I always tell people I'd like to see them do it two to five times a week because I'm a big advocate of getting the strength work in as often as you're getting the cardiovascular work. But basically what we're trying to teach people that they do the strength work is with these exercises that we're giving them, start out with doing about 30 seconds of continuous exercise with whatever movement you're doing, whether it's chair squats, whether it's lunges, whether it's step-ups on your step in your house or your workplace, and then combine that with a 30-second recovery and then move to the next exercise or repeat it for a second round. The goal is, is that we want to spend more time exercising, less time resting. So we may start a beginner at 30-30. We may progress to 40-20 for an intermediate exerciser and then ultimately 50-10 for an advanced exerciser. And everybody always says, well, how do I know what level I'm at? Where am I a beginner or am I intermediate or am I advanced? Big question. So our simple way of doing it, which we described in the book, is if you've been exercising for three months or less, 
let's let's put you at the beginner level and let's start there. Even if you think you're a little bit higher than that, it's always good to start slower and progress than it is to start faster and then realize that either you have overdone it and caused some muscle soreness or ligament or tendon or joint soreness versus actually starting out at a level where you're continually adapting to it. And then I always tell people, once you get to three months, for the next three months, up to six months, try the intermediate program. So now you're exercising for 40 and recovering for 20. And then once you get to six months and beyond, you can consider yourself to be a more advanced exerciser. But what will change is the amount of resistance that you're able to utilize doing it. So for example, someone might start out with a pair of 10-pound dumbbells in their hands doing squats as they start into that more advanced program and then work themselves up to even 15, 20, or 25-pound dumbbells. Is the strength training more important for a person as they age, or does it matter? Well, it's important for everybody, but one of the key things that we lose as we go through the aging process is we lose muscle. So unless we do something to maintain muscle, we're going to lose it as we go through the aging process. And particularly what we lose is those fast-twitch type muscle fibers, the ones that give us that ability to do things with a little more expediency. Good example is if I'm shoveling snow and I know I got 20 minutes to get snow shoveling done, you know, you can be a little quicker with it if you develop those muscles to be more effective. Um, obviously, we're careful about how we recommend snow shoveling to people because yeah. it's one of those areas that people don't realize the exertion level. And part of the reason they don't realize the exertion level is because of the temperature outside. When it's colder out, you don't feel the exertion as much as you do when it's summertime. So consequently, we're advocating that you know people learn to build their muscle strength up and muscle endurance up. But if I'm used to doing 30 seconds of sustained exercise at a brisk to moderate pace, it makes doing physical activity at home a little bit easier too. If I have to carry something up a flight of stairs, it's a lot easier to do it after I've developed my muscles tissue with doing metabolic training. So if you're a person who likes to do your own little biofeedback, you mentioned something about the temperature outside. You don't feel the exercise as much if you're in cold weather. Is that true? That's correct. So what happens a lot of times is people don't realize their heart rate is as high as it is when they're exercising in colder temperatures as when they're exercising in warmer temperatures. So you often hear about people having issues related to snow shoveling in the wintertime and right. heart attacks and things like that. You generally don't hear it as often in the summertime. Part of the reason in the summertime is we have sweat and perspiration to kind of tell us, hey, I'm working pretty hard here and I might Got need it. to take a break and get some water. I didn't think about that. Wow. So eating, how do we resist these urges? Let's say we're at this, uh, our favorite Lehigh Valley mall. We're being active, but we pass by the uh, donut shop. Now, this should be an easy thing to talk about. You just say no. But how do you say no? How do you, how, how do you train yourself to actually turn the switch? Well, I always tell people that's easier to say than, than, than not say. And you know, someone said to me, well, I'm, I'm assuming you never have a piece of cake in your entire life. And I'm like, well, not totally true. If I go to a birthday party and somebody's birthday, you just have a smaller piece than maybe somebody would cut you normally. You know, so if somebody's cutting off half the cake, you're probably not eating half the cake. So you want to have a smaller piece. But I always tell people that try to find that one thing that you want to re give yourself a break every now and then. And, and I don't ever use the word reward when it comes to food. People, you know, when I was a kid growing up, if you hit a home run in a baseball game, you know, the coaches would take you out afterwards Boy, no and buy kidding. you a Sunday, right? So yeah. we associated food with a reward. What I try to associate with rewards now are things that, you know, 
may not be food related. So what we try to tell people with food is if you feel like you want to get something to eat, go ahead and do that. But keep in mind, exercising is going to be a part of that. And then the rest of your nutrition should be okay. What I find happens with a lot of people is they say, I kind of blew my diet today. I had a donut. So now I'm going to go get a cheesesteak on top of it. And I always tell them, I said, well, just because you had the donut doesn't mean you have to ruin the rest of the day with what you're going to eat. So in other words, you can start your day over. You can start it over any moment. It doesn't require the day. So let's say I'm going to, I, I want to have some fun and go to Chris Kindlemart coming up here shortly. And, uh, uh, but I want to also make this an exercise event too. What might I do while I'm walking around enjoying the Christmas city in the Lehigh Valley? What might I do to just keep myself a little healthier? Well, obviously the number one thing is there's a lot of great food at that event. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you want to kind of be, you know, specific about what it, little things you may want to treat yourself with. I always tell people walk around for a while before you pick something. Do you make the deal with yourself before you go in? Absolutely. Yeah. You say, hey, I'm going to, you know, exercise by walking around for 15 to 20 minutes before I grab something to eat. A lot of times people don't realize that they're truly hungry. Um, they see something and their brain kicks in to say, ah, I definitely want to have that. But they may not be hungry at that moment. So the old theory of why you don't want to go to a grocery store is when you're hungry. You want to go to a grocery store after you've had a meal because you're less likely to pick choices that really aren't appropriate choices if you're not hungry. Um, so it avoids the binge eating, I guess, is what it comes mm -hmm. down to. But what I always tell people is the old theory is make sure you're moving around for 15 or 20 minutes before you'd stop to get something to eat. And is there anything you can do to uh, a way to walk or anything you can do with your arms? People might think you look a little strange, but maybe you want to get a little uh, arm movement in. What could you do there? Well, your arms should technically move from your face cheek to your butt cheek when you're walking or running. Either say or. that again. Say that again. Yeah. Uh, so your hands should move from your face cheek to your butt cheek. So you want to keep your elbows bent. And just move your hands from your face cheek back to your butt cheek. So, if so I was, we always say, we always tell the kids when we're training them for sports, cheek to cheek. Got it. I love this show. I, I'm learning something every day. So it's important to really keep that movement going. So if you're walking around Chris Kindle Mart, we'll know if you've been listening to the show because you're going to be having a lot of hand movements or arm right. movements, right? How about the legs? How should we be walking? Well, the most important thing is to walk at a brisk enough pace that you feel like you're exerting yourself. So if you're walking at a very slow, very moderate pace, you may not feel like you're getting the maximum benefit out of a walk. But by the same token, you got to be careful of your surroundings. If you're in an area where there's a lot of people, you can't exactly walk fast. So you may need to walk outside a little bit to get that more brisk walk in while you're doing it. So it doesn't hurt every now and then to take a break from walking around a crowded area to being in a more open area so you can get a little bit more of a brisk walk in. What are some of your favorite places to apply the principles in your book? Where are some other places in the Lehigh Valley where you might go and activate the information in your book? Oh, well, obviously my number one choice is our St. Luke's Fitness and Sports Performance Centers. I kind of have a certain level of uh, love for those facilities because I've been involved with them mm -hmm. for 11 years now. And most importantly, our staff, our quality of staff that we have at those facilities, they do a great job of programming for people 
on individual levels, whether we're teaching classes or whether we're running actual pro individual programs, we're going to tailor the program to the individual that's there. So it's not a matter of just walking in to a fitness facility and start doing your own thing. It's a matter of having someone prescribe the right program for you that's going to maximize the benefits you're looking for. Um, some people want to be better at golf. Some people want to be better at skiing. Some people just want to burn body fat. Some people want to change their body weight. Everybody has different goals and objectives. And the way you program for that individual is really specific. Um, when we wrote the book, we really wrote individual chapters towards each thing. So if you want to lose fat, this is the more effective way to lose fat. If you want to gain muscle, this is a more effective way to gain muscle. If you want to enhance sport performance, this is how you would enhance sport performance. And after uh, one of your training facilities, where might be something outside that, that you might go other than the trail? Well, obviously, DNL Trail is number one on the, on the agenda, but your own neighborhood, getting out, walking around your own neighborhood. Um, I always tell people I have a slide that's part of my presentations when it comes to health and fitness where an individual is walking their dog and they're driving in a car and the dog's leash is outside the car and the dog's walking next to the car. I, you know, I always tell people, as funny as that picture looks, a lot of people have electric fences where their dogs are, you know, confined to an electric fence area. So they're not getting as much exercise as they probably should either which causes them to get obese or to gain weight. So I always tell people, make sure if you have an animal or pet, get out, do some walking with them, regardless of the time of the year. Take a long, brisk walk with them. Take a walk with family members. Try and do that even in the evening if you can. And the reason it's good to do it in the evening is that's when your metabolism is generally going to be at its slowest and where you need the energy to burn some additional calories. So what I'm hearing is you can be active in the Lehigh Valley just about anywhere. Exactly. As long exactly. as you know what to do and the yeah. right way to do it. Do it in your house. Do it in your office. We've done some promos with people where we've actually showed them how to do workouts in their offices. St. Luke's recently, uh, last month, had the big running event. And I believe you participated. Correct. And uh, you participated with other people who work at St. Luke's. Um, it was a successful event. Can you tell us a little bit about how it performed and what can we look forward to next year? So this year was the first year of the St. Luke's DNL Race Fest, as it was called. It incorporated a marathon, which started in Allentown and finished in Easton. Uh, it also had a half marathon, which started in Bethlehem and finished in Easton. But we also had a relay race where a group of up to five individuals could participate in a relay. That looked really interesting. Which is fun. I've done that yeah. too. It's a, it's a lot of fun because you're doing it with friends and you get in a car once you once you finish your leg and you race to the next leg to catch up to the <laughs> next person. So it's kind of fun because you're yeah. picking each other up and dropping each other off along the way and each person takes their turn in the race. But the benefit of doing that is it really incorporates all different levels of fitness because whether you're a marathon or half marathon or you just want to do the relay, anybody can do it. And as a part of the half marathon this year, we actually incorporated a walk-in with it. So people could actually walk a half marathon if they wanted to. So it wasn't just focused on runners. It was focused on people of all different levels and all different fitness levels. And if you had the opportunity to be at the event, you would see that there were all different people's and all different levels of fitness participating. So keep your eye out for it next year, right? Correct. Next year we're coming back at it and we'll do it again and have a lot of fun with it. And I think the DNL people and the St. Luke's people worked really well collaboratively to put an event together that for the first year was a tremendous success. There was 1,500 participants in the event. Um, that's a tremendously successful running race, particularly in the heels of New York City Marathon was last weekend. Right. 
and Philadelphia Marathon is this weekend. So it was right smack in the middle of the two, and we still got a lot of runners participating, particularly having 250 marathoners when you have those two races within two weeks. It's a pretty Free, good accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. John, how do we get your book? Um, so the best, best way to do it is on Amazon. Uh, Amazon, if you go on Amazon and type in Metabolic Training by John Graham or just Metabolic Training, the book pops up and you can order it. It's twenty nine ninety nine, so it's we've made it a very reasonable price for everyone, so that everyone could have it and everyone could get it. It's got sixty workouts in it with a hundred different exercises, and the thing we're most proud of with the book, Craig, is uh, we did it with a publisher out of Champaign, Illinois, by the name of Human Kinetics, but the entire book is St. Luke's based. We did all the pictures at St. Luke's. Our photographer was one of our photographers from St. Luke's, Tom Volk. I'm on the cover, so you know we did that, so we didn't have to get a modeling agency to hire us a, a model for this. <laughs> well, um, you look pretty good on the book. Well, thank you. Thank you. But uh, our goal was we wanted people to see the book and see the book as a Lehigh Valley book and more importantly as a St. Luke's book because we wanted people to realize that, hey, this is a homegrown book and a homegrown exercise program. And it's available now. Good holiday gift. John Graham, thank you for being on Active Lehigh Valley. My pleasure, Craig. Always a honor to be here. And uh, thank you to our audience for listening to Active Lehigh Valley, a program generously supported by the St. Luke's University Health Network. If you'd like to hear this program again, please go to WDIY.org, to the WDIY mobile app, or visit your favorite podcasting platform. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. You are listening to WDIY 88.1 FM. Have a great evening. Happy holidays.